In this episode, I want to share how an acorn can encourage you in your Bible reading. Wait, what? You're listening to Onward in the Faith with Ray Burns. Ray is dedicated to equipping Christians to understand why they believe what they believe so that they can keep moving onward in their faith toward maturity in Christ. If you'd like to support this ministry financially, visit patreon.com slash onwardinthefaith. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. And make sure you visit onwardinthefaith.com where you can read hundreds of articles about every area of the Christian life. Now here's Ray with today's topic. Let's be honest. Bible reading can be difficult. There are times where we read it and it just leaves us excited and we are awestruck at God and we're just on fire for Christ and we just can't imagine anything better than what we read that day. And then maybe the next day or maybe next week, we don't feel that way. We might feel like our Bible reading is starting to get dry. You know, we read it and it's just this bunch of words on a page that aren't really touching our hearts and aren't leaving us feeling any kind of excitement or even conviction or anything like that. That can lead to our Bible reading feeling pointless. After all, we all only have so many minutes in a day. Why bother reading this thing that really doesn't seem to be doing anything for us any more than reading a play by Shakespeare might be touching our lives? And then over time, depending on how long this continues or how often it comes up, we might just get completely frustrated because we know that we don't want to feel this way. We don't want to dread our Bible reading. We don't want it to be this dry, boring thing that doesn't touch our hearts. We want that excitement. We want to feel like other people seem to feel when they talk about their Bible reading. But we don't. And so from there, we can start feeling guilty because either we are reading our Bibles and aren't getting out of it what we think we should, or we stop reading our Bibles and we kind of know that we shouldn't stop, but what else are we going to do? It doesn't seem to be doing anything to us or for us. Or maybe we just feel nothing at all. Maybe reading our Bibles is just this kind of daily routine that we do, check it off our box, and then we go on about doing everything else we need to do for the day. And as believers, I don't think any of us want to treat our Bible reading like either brushing our teeth or like exercise where we know we should do it but don't. We want it to be something that comes alive. We want it to be something that we look forward to. I mean, after all, this is our time with God. And so in this episode, I just want to talk about, first of all, why reading the Bible is important. Because some people may be at that point where they know how important it is and they need to get over that hump. But there are some people who may just have never really realized why the Bible matters at all. And so why beat yourself up over something you don't get enjoyment out of? If you enjoy it, read it. If not, don't, right? So I want to touch on why reading our Bible is important. And then from there, I want to give us some hope for those times where we're reading our Bible or we want to read our Bible and we're just not feeling like we want to. The, our time with God in his word just isn't what we want it to be. So first, let's talk about why is reading the Bible important? Because we know that Christians talk about it often. We know especially pastors will kind of hammer on it from the pulpit sometimes. If you have mature Christians in your life or at your church that you know, you're pretty confident there's a good chance that they read God's Word every single day. So, ultimately, what is the big deal about the Bible? Now, I will link down in the show notes one of my other episodes that basically talks about what the Bible is, and that's a much bigger dive into the Bible. But for today, let's just give a very practical understanding of basically why we should care about the Bible and about reading it. 
And so I want to start by reading 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. And it says, In pointing out these things to the brethren, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, constantly nourished on the words of the faith and of the sound doctrine, which you have been following, but have nothing to do with worldly fables fit only for old women. On the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness, for bodily discipline is only of little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things, since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Now, this is an incredibly meaningful look at what it is that God's Word does for us. So it talks about, it starts with how we get nourished on the words of faith and of sound doctrine. And sound doctrine is another word for teaching. So reading the Bible and learning from it. Now, the first thing we must remember is that not everything in the world is nourishing, right? When something is nourishing, it is something that keeps us alive. It gives us what our bodies need when we think about it in terms of food. So there might be some things that can get us by, but won't actually be good for us. So you think of some kind of really nasty fast food burger or something like that. It holds very little nutritional value versus maybe a home-cooked burger or just something else that you make at home for yourself. And so here, what's interesting is that Paul is comparing kind of our physical bodies with how we should be thinking about treating our souls as well. And so because when he talks about how you know, worldly fables and stuff don't give us much value. In other words, he's calling us to focus on things that matter, not just on whatever's out there that captures our attention. And so he's contrasting that with, again, reading the Bible, saying that the Bible is healthy for us and other things out there are just the fast food burgers that might fill us for a time but don't give us lasting value. And then he even compares how when people think about bodily discipline, in other words, exercising, eating right, training for something like a marathon or a sport or things like that. That only has a little bit of value because it only matters in this life. But then what he says is that godliness, that thing that is produced from our time in God's word and in surrounding ourselves in good teaching, it is profitable for all things because it holds value, it holds promise, not only for today, but also for tomorrow and really for eternity. You know, Paul talks about the life to come. In other words, God's word has value now, but also in the eternity that we get to spend with Jesus Christ. But why? Why does this book that can honestly frustrate us have so much value? Why should it be so important to our souls? Ultimately, it's because God's word is our highest source of truth. The Bible is God's way of communicating with us today. You know, there's a popular way of thinking that prayer is our communication with God, and then his word, the Bible, is his response to us. And so it's this ongoing conversation we have with God where we pray to him, and then he reveals truth to us in his word. And so when we talk about the Bible having everything we need for life, about everything that we need for today and also for eternity, we see that in the Bible we get very solid truth. We get answers to big questions. It tells us what sin is, how to live holy lives, or lives that are set on God and pursuing Jesus Christ rather than pursuing our own desires or finding value in what the world calls good. It explains why we are so dependent on our Savior. It tells us the importance of prayer. 
it says basically why we aren't good people and why any good we do is out of a motivation to love Christ. In other words, we aren't good. It's Christ who's good for us. It gives us the various church functions and how we as Christians should not only think about church in general, but our role in it, how we should think about leadership within it and things like that. And it also gives us practical things like how to treat our spouse or how to raise and grow and develop our children. But the Bible is valuable for more than just the words that are in it. Because while it gives us direct answers to big questions about life, like why are we here? Why is there something instead of nothing? What's our purpose in life? It also gives us guidance. And so in those areas where the Bible doesn't give us direct answers, it serves to transform our minds, like it says in Romans 12 too, so that we can better see God's will in all areas, even in the things that the Bible doesn't specifically talk about. So understanding that, the Bible also holds value for things like choosing a spouse or whether we should leave a job or how to respond to our boss or co-workers who maybe aren't so pleasant. It can give us guidance on buying a house or how we think about politics or even answering the question, should I go out to eat tonight? And if I do go out, should I eat McDonald's? But the thing is, when we get right down to it, the Bible is just really our foundation Everything in our lives can be built on the truth found in God's word, either the truths that he gives us directly or the principles and the leading that we get from the Bible that allow us to be grown by the Holy Spirit to be more and more like Christ and therefore make decisions that ultimately glorify Christ above all else. Because really, everything that we read in the Bible is doing just that. It's driving us closer to Christ. It's making us more like him. Ultimately, the Bible is what the Holy Spirit is going to use most to convict us of sin, to draw us towards righteousness, and to put off our old sinful selves and instead more and more put on Christ and find our lives and our value and our meaning in him above all else. And the more we understand that, the more that can actually become a problem. Because Understanding the value of the Bible doesn't change the fact that our reading times may not feel productive. They may not feel valuable. And so the more we see the importance of the Bible, the more frustrated we can honestly get because we want this thing to matter to us. We want these truths to just knock us out of our seat and drive us to our knees in prayer every single day. And when it doesn't, we feel like we are broken or there's something wrong with the Bible or that there's something just off about the whole situation that we aren't getting. And so when we feel that way, we don't need to give up. We don't need to say, well, I don't feel like it's valuable to me, so I'm just going to quit, or I'm going to look elsewhere or try something new. Now that we understand at a very basic level why the Bible is valuable for our lives, I want to share kind of a realization I've had that encourages me, and I hope will encourage you, Whenever you have those days or weeks or even months where your Bible reading is just frustrating and discouraging and your walk with Christ feels like it's drying up before your eyes. Because trust me, I know what it's like to sit there and read the Bible for five or 10 or 30 minutes and just want something to come out of it and nothing does. I know what it's like to spend months feeling like God is just cold and distant in my life. And for some people, depending on how long that goes on or how our minds start to process the situation, 
we can even start to question our very faith. You know, we may think things like, were those feelings that I once had just a lie? Was I deluding myself? Is this whole Christianity thing even worth my time? Or a popular one in today's culture is, why bother if it's not making me happy? And so when those thoughts come up, when the Bible reading is frustrating or feels pointless, or our Christian walk isn't what we want it to be, I want to encourage you to keep a picture in mind. I want you to remember that you are an acorn and not a stick of dynamite. Now that sounds weird. Let me explain what I mean. So down in the show notes, I'll include a link to a YouTube video. If you have time to watch it, great. If not, that's fine. But what the video is, is it is a three-minute video that is basically just of an acorn, just sitting in the ground doing its thing. And so what we see in this three-minute video actually takes place over the span of eight months. So you will see the growth of an acorn sped up to an insane degree. And why I like this video is because I think that it's a very perfect picture of the Christian life. Because if we were to sit and watch that acorn grow in real time, we would see nothing happening. For long stretches of time, it would just be an acorn sitting there in the ground, and we'd be bored out of our minds. We may even wonder, is anything even happening? I know it's supposed to become a tree someday. I know things are supposed to start popping out of the shell, but it's been days or weeks, and I don't see anything happening right now. What's going on? And yet, if we were to sit there and watch it, moment after moment, we would see that the, this acorn is going to have some big explosive moments. It's going to have that moment where this shell caves under the pressure of the root behind it, and the shell will kind of just crack and explode open all at once. And then eventually we'll see this little plant start peeking its way out, and eventually we'll see a leaf start to bud, and on and on. The, this acorn is going to have these kind of bigger moments, but all of them are going to be punctuated by long stretches of time where nothing seems to be happening. And as Christians, that's kind of what our spiritual walk can be like. We might have these big explosive moments where we are just on fire for Christ, but we may go sometimes even really long stretches where everything is very humdrum and our hearts aren't being stirred like they once were. And we start to wonder, is anything really happening here? But just like that acorn... You know, if we were to take that acorn and zoom in, and if we were able to somehow see every single process happening moment to moment, we would see that while from our standard perspective, nothing's happening with that acorn, there's actually hundreds of processes happening all at once. Every little ounce of nutrient found in the dirt or water that a seed may get or the sunlight that eventually hits the plant, every little bit of that is feeding into these processes happening beneath the surface that we may not even realize. Because, you know, you can look outside wherever you are right now. You can see the world that God has created. And it's beautiful. And it's evident that it has grown. But you can't look out there and see the grass growing. You can't see these trees growing. You know it's happening. But we know that we can't see it happening with our eyes. We just have to trust that there's things happening because we see evidence you know, if you cut your grass last week, you know, especially if you live in a rainy climate, that that grass is not the same length you left it a week ago. Why? You didn't see it grow, but over time you've looked out there and noticed, oh, it's a little longer. It's a little longer. Okay, it's time to cut it now before my mower gets clogged from how tall it's getting. And so God's world, in a way, teaches us that 
everything that's happening isn't wasted. And just like the sunlight's not wasted, the soil, the water, everything that happened to turn this acorn into what it was before it went into the ground, none of those processes were wasted. All of it has been working together towards one bigger goal of turning it into this mighty oak tree. But how does it get there? How does it go from a tiny little acorn that an animal can eat to a mighty oak that an animal can find shelter in? Thousands of tiny processes, a long period of time. And above all, patience. Patience in knowing that while we might not be able to see that acorn growing moment to moment, we know that it's happening. And we can look back and see how far a tree has come year after year, tracing it all the way back to this little acorn. So now what does that mean for our lives? How are we like an acorn that grows slowly instead of a stick of dynamite that just explodes and just has this huge dynamic effect all at once that everyone can see? Well, we know this because we trust God and we trust his processes. So in Isaiah 55:11, he says, So will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. So just like that acorn, day to day, our time in God's word might seem to make no progress whatsoever. We may feel like we read and just nothing takes root. Nothing is happening, that that time is gone. Over time, we're going to be able to look back and see an incredible amount of growth that we never realized happened. Or maybe we won't because, you know, you know what it's like to be stuck with yourself 24 hours a day, that all these changes that happen in our life are so slow and so incremental that a year from now, once a certain change has taken place in our personality, we may not even realize that it's happened or see how it's happened. And so just like this verse in Isaiah talks about, you know, God's word isn't going to go out without doing what it's meant to do. We're not going to be able to spend time in God's word without it touching us and changing us in the way that he wants it to. And so that leaves us in a tricky situation. If God wants us to be in his word because it's our nourishment, it's how we grow, it's how we find truth, then either God's word is failing or we are failing to understand what it's actually doing in our lives. And that's what I want to encourage you with today most of all, is to trust that even though we can't understand it, even though we can't see it, that doesn't mean that God's not doing something with it. Because we always have to remember that while we may find ourselves thinking that we are smart and intelligent and wise, compared to the almighty God of the universe, we're just toddlers. We're little two-year-olds running around with our fingers in our noses, swearing that, if we don't get our little cup of juice, the whole world's going to end. Meanwhile, God is perfect in all his ways. And in everything he does, he has purposes that we just need to trust at the end of the day. Because ultimately, we know that God doesn't just save us to let us sit and rot. That wouldn't make him a good God. That wouldn't have him fulfilling all the purposes that he lays out for us in his word to glorify him, to teach others, to preach the gospel. If we're sitting there and not growing, no matter how much time we spend in his word, then it is all for nothing. But I don't think that's what God's doing because God's word is powerful. We may not see it. We may not feel it all at once, but over time, we're going to know that it has value for everything about our lives. And in Hebrews 4.12, it even talks more about how 
powerful and impactful God's word is. It says, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So God's word gets at us. It, it pierces us in a way that nothing else in the world can. You know, when God talks about how man judges the outside, but God judges the heart, that's kind of what this is getting at. It's that everything else in the world is focused on maybe our changed behavior or how we feel, but God's word gets at who we truly are. And it starts changing us from the inside out rather than the outside in. And so here's the incredible thing about God's word and how it impacts the life of a believer. So if we are truly saved, we know that we have the Holy Spirit living within us. The Holy Spirit is fully God, just like Christ and the Father are fully God. And so with him living inside of us, when that word enters our lives, when we encounter it, whether we're reading it, whether we're listening to it, the Holy Spirit isn't going to just let that go to waste in our lives. He's not just going to have us spend 10, 20 minutes with God and just have it be for nothing. We may not see what he's doing inside of us. We may not know what plans he has for that particular passage that we read that day or that verse that we tried to set out to memorize. We may view that experience as kind of a one and done moment and not even think about it again. But God's not going to let that go to waste. God started something in us, not just on the day we were saved, but from the day we were born, God has been building us into who he wants us to be. He's been preparing our hearts. And we know this because Philippians 1.6 says, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. So God is never done with us. Even when we feel like we're sitting and doing nothing, even when we feel like there's no growth for days or weeks or months, maybe years, that doesn't mean that God has abandoned us because he promises he won't. He is always doing something. And that should bring us incredible relief because, first of all, we realize that it's not up to us to grow. It's not how we feel that determines our spiritual growth or our spiritual maturity. It's not our emotions that even determine if we have a walk with Christ. The only thing God calls us to do is to be faithful, to trust and even that doesn't come from ourselves because it's the Holy Spirit within us that allows us to have that trust and that confidence that God is bigger than us, that he is perfect and holy, and that he is not letting us go to waste. No matter how we feel, no matter what our experience is showing us, we can trust, we can rely on him. And we know at the end of the day that he's going to do good. We may not see it. We may not realize it. We may go 20 years and not even recognize how far God has grown us through those big moments in his word, but also those hundreds of little moments that felt insignificant. Because at the end of the day, we need to remember that we are like that little acorn. We start small. We start weak and vulnerable. But God has a plan. Steadily over time, a lot of times in ways that we're never going to see or recognize, he's growing us. He's developing us. And he's always doing it through his word. So if this all sounds like you, if you've sat there day after day and you're just frustrated or you don't know why you should bother, find encouragement and keep reading. Be that little acorn and trust that God isn't going to waste any bit of nourishment 
that you receive in your life from his word. God is good, and he's always growing his children. He starts us out as little acorns, but his greatest desire for our lives is to turn us into mighty oaks of faith.